Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Wavelet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Two, two, boom! Just like that. You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! Oh, yeah. That just happened! That just happened! It's the big show. Most time with Mike and Mike is on the air, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, our second straight Thursday morning show. And we welcome each and every one of you to the broadcast today. A great, great program coming up for you on this beautiful Thursday morning. Driver Vic Kirby is going to join us. Vic, of course, the regular driver of a three year old that has uh, been turning a lot of heads. A horse by the name of Hyalaner has been impressive in the White Series at Pocono as he continues to forge ahead. But is he good enough to battle some of the best three year olds in the country? We'll get Vic Kirby's take coming up in just a couple of minutes. Also, so we're going to take a look at the big action coming up from Yonkers this uh, Friday and Saturday. The blue chip matchmaker uh, is in its final leg on Friday, and the George Morton Levy is in its final leg on Saturday. And we're going to bring back our good friend Matthew Rose to tell us all about it. That's coming up at about 1045 or so. Then at the top of the hour, making his post time with Mike and Mike debut is the uh, Woodbine Entertainment Racing Director, Jamie Martin. He's calling it quits, retiring after 17 years in the business. We're going to talk to Jamie a little bit about his career and uh, perhaps what's ahead for him as well as uh, harness racing in Canada. And, of course, our man is coming up at about 11.15. Our guy, Mike Carter, Gabe the Animal Pruitt. Well, listen, maybe he'll... Maybe he'll uh, his internet password will work <laughs> <laughs> because your listen. internet password did not work. Yeah. L- l- listen, for you know we uh, we switched uh, we switched to the you know the 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 trio package this week and you yeah. know they installed the new bo- installed the new box and I went why isn't Carter working it doesn't make any sense and uh, so <laughs> Mike is over here telling me you got forty seven seconds hurry up. So Counting you we, down, just like just hey, listen, just like the lady on Blog Talk Radio counts us down. You got a minute, you got forty-five, you got thirty. But you know, here's right. the thing, Mike: show won't start without a host logged in. Right? Yeah, the so show doesn't start I, without a host logged in. So Mike has been talking that's, to himself right. the whole time. Well, either that, or I'll be sitting here listening to that uh, elevator music that they play the whole time when you're on hold at, at Blog Talk Radio. But uh, you know, one thing interesting, by the way, and I know this is kind of drifting off course, but um, when our guests call in, they listen to the show actually while they're on hold. Right. I didn't know. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they uh, we push a little headphone button and they can uh, they can listen in and 
you know, it makes uh, it makes it nice for them because they can call in. They can uh, know when uh, <clears throat> when an interview is getting ready to wrap up. You know, we can go into the room with them and tell them, hey, you know, you're coming up after Vic Kirby. And, uh, you know, it makes things fun for them. They can listen to the show and uh, kind of get some uh, information on what we do. Yeah, see, I kind of thought that they were listening to the elevator music, but no, they're listening to us live on the air. Mike, by the way, we are down to the final four in the George Morton Levy Series Bracket Buster, and uh, one of our guys, one of our uh, co-workers, so to speak, one of our confidants and compatriots, Pete Aiello, the track announcer from Gulfstream Park, has made the final four. Can you believe that? If he wins this thing, you might have to get him on an interview. Listen, I'm surprised he made the final four of anything. No, I'm just kidding. Pete's a good friend of mine. And uh, listen, uh, I am super thrilled for the guy. Uh, Pete's an awesome fella and a great, fantastic track announcer. Uh, he really stepped up to the plate this year, having to call the championship meet at Gulfstream Park. And uh, we'll, uh, we might have to have him on if he wins. And actually had a, a chance to call a couple of races. Every once in a while, he stops at Pompano and Gabe Pruitt throws him a bone, lets him call a harness race or two. But uh, Pete Aiello... Uh, has made the final four of our bracket busted tournament. Uh, first place gets a hundred. Second place gets fifty. So, if they can win this week, they're headed for the money. Pete Aiello will be taking on John Vernags, and then uh, in the other bracket, Rick Kalina will be taking on Felix. So uh, we don't have a last name, last name on Felix, so we just have to go with Felix. But uh, those are the final four. And the uh, guys, if you're listening to the broadcast, make sure you get your picks in. By Saturday at 6 p.m., there are three legs of the George Morton Levy. This is the final uh, leg, Mike. It is the fifth and final week, uh, fifth and final round, before we get into the finals next week of both the Blue Chip Matchmaker and the George Morton Levy. And for those of you that uh, just happened to make the final ball game, uh, we do want to let you know that we're going to have the Levy. It's going to be the Levy final, the Blue Chip Matchmaker final, and we're going to have to pick two more races off that card to make it four races. So that'll be the uh, final, just so everybody's aware. Well, it's time to take a quick time out. When we come back, I can see him on hold. He's our man, Vic Kirby. He is in the on-deck circle, and we're going to talk a little bit about Hiya later when we come back. Post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we're giving away free, free Kentucky, Kentucky Derby bets. Bet a winner in any derby prep race now through April 15th, and we'll give you a free bet on that horse to win the 2017 Kentucky Derby. Check out the BetAmerica.com promo calendar for opt-in info and rules. And don't forget about our new bigger and better intro bonus, where your first deposit is tripled. Join BetAmerica today. Join Pacing for the Cure at the Meadowlands Racetrack for their first ever walk and run on the mile racetrack to support multiple sclerosis survivors. The walk and run is a $20 donation to Pacing for the Cure. Dinner at Pink for the night's races is $75. The walk run is from 3 to 5 p.m. Horse Racing 101 class at 5.15 p.m. Pink Restaurant opens at 6.30 p.m. and racing begins at 7.15 p.m. Head to PacingForTheCure.org for tickets or contact Jeff at PacingForTheCure.com. A great finish in the face! Stonebridge Terror and won the West! Legends will be born. Third time the charm for Foiled Again, and he's finally a Molson Pace champion. Foiled again, clear vision, three across to the wire, foiled again! Foiled again appears to have done it! History will be made. 
deep stretch lead for State Treasurer. State Treasurer's gonna win it. Boy, and again, a pass out of her State Treasurer. History in the Molson pace. Or none of the above. Evening of pleasure in Sylvan at 35 to 1 in a Molson pace shocker. That just happened. Catch the Molson Pace live on posttimewithmikeandmike.com Friday, May 26th, or on demand on the Bet America Radio Network. Time to show them if you got them. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And don't forget, we'll have all the live action of the Molson Pace, a live broadcast coming up uh, towards the end of May there. It's going to be a tremendous, tremendous event. The Molson Pace is a race that has certainly gathered a lot of attention over the last couple of years. And, Mike, going back to the history of that race real quick, state treasurer, a three-time champion, of course, the great foiled again. And last year, the huge upset with the evening of pleasure. It's going to be interesting to see what the 2017 Molson pace will bring. Well, it's going to be interesting to see the future of a very nice-looking three-year-old horse by the name of Hyalator. And right now we're going to get to Skinny because we've got his regular driver, Victor Kirby, on the program. Victor, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Fantastic. Well, hi, later, and we're going to start by talking about this horse's last race because he sat pocketed. When this horse got a room, Vic, this horse just erupted, and it looked like you had plenty in the tank. Was that indeed the case? Yes, it was. He uh, That's really his ammo. It, if, if he can follow somebody on a helmet, he loves that. He's won a lot of his races on the front just because of the competition he's been facing. He's real lazy on the front. He's tough tough to get going and uh i mean the other night worked out perfect i got to follow a decent horse and yeah you're right when uh when he got room i actually had to kind of hold on to him because he put a couple little bobbles in and then uh then it was easy sailing now Vic is a two-year-old he only had uh, two starts one of them being a victory over the racetrack at pocado downs um was he just kind of immature uh as a two-year-old or did he uh you know or and did he grow as a uh you know as a three-year-old yeah, it was immaturity. He had had some minor soundness issues. Um, Daryl was telling me about uh, that start that he won at Pocono last year was very impressive, though it was, a, it was a maiden. But he just exploded through the lane. Scott Zeron drove him that night. And then uh, they just decided it was to just shut him, shut him down, get him ready for this year. And so far, it, it looks like a great decision. Well, Vic, I don't want to put the jinx on you, my friend, but, you know, I'm looking over the past performances, and you are undefeated with this horse. You've driven this horse six times in paramutuals, and uh, you're a perfect six for six on this uh, on Hialeida, who, I mean, just looking through these lines, it's just unbelievable. How good is this horse, Vic? I mean, you've got a lot of the good three-year-olds now. They're starting to come back into uh, into uh, racing form here for the 2017 season. How good is Hialeida, and can he hang with some of the great three-year-olds? I mean that's yet to be seen. Uh, he he honestly he hasn't been tested yet. Um, a couple times, uh, the one night at the Meadowlands a couple starts ago, a horse Ronnie Burke had just got in, uh, kind of came to him in the lane, and uh, I mean he just took off when he came to him. So with all respect to the to the other three year olds that are coming back and really haven't even been seen yet, it's hard to say how good this cold is. And I'm sure my 
I'm sure my perfect rep- record with him sooner or later is going to come to an end, but I'll go enjoy it while it lasts. Now, Vic, the one thing I notice about this horse is his, his explosive kick in the final quarter. I see a couple of 26 and twos, but a bunch of 27s and 28s. What makes him so special coming down the stretch? That's really the only time he pays attention to what he's doing. Uh, um, that one night, uh, a couple starts ago, I was a half and 58 at Pocono. That's usually unheard of there. And some people could say, oh, that was kind of rude. You really backed it down, got away with a cheap half. <laughs> Believe it or not, the, the, lights were, the lights were on and the horn was blowing. And uh, he he never really put his mind mind in, in motion until about the head of, head of the lane he stepped off. And, I mean, it's constantly talking to him. But he, he's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot more fun from a driver's standpoint to drive a horse like that than it is to have to fight with one that's really grabbing on. And then when go time comes, you've pulled it all, pulled it all out of him. So, I mean, he, he's a pleasure to drive like that. Tell you what, Vic, it's good to see good people do well. I mean, you're a great guy. You've got uh, Daryl Bill, Char- Bill Charles Dombank, who've been in the industry for a long time, have had some pretty good horses. Good to see them along with, uh, of course, uh, Jenny Beerham, such a great horse like this. What do you think's ahead? I mean, let's uh, play the ultimate optimist here. Let's say that uh, we dominate the rest of the Y Series. We win easy. What's, uh, what's coming up, you think? Uh, his first stake, I believe, is May 6th, which is a sire stake, a PA sire stake. And that kind of conflicts with the Weiss final, so some of the other horses in the Weiss might be happy to hear that he's probably going to skip the final in order to, to race in that sire stake. Uh, then after that, I mean, he's got the, the Meadowlands pace is a, is a big highlight. And then uh, I think some of the, you know, like Battle of Brandywine and um, the, the Hemp. I know the Hemp is on his schedule. So I mean he's got he's got some big dances to go to. I just just hope he keeps his dancing shoes on. Absolutely, it'll be interesting. Uh, Vic, uh, what's ahead for you in 2017? You know I've opened the program every day waiting to see your name here at Harris Philadelphia, and I haven't done it yet. Come up to visit you. We're finishing up tonight's <laughs> our last night at Dover, um, yep. and Harrington starts up in another week. But no, I'll, I'll be up there. Uh, so just keep an eye out, and I'll give you a wave up there in the booth. Well, we got the track nice and fast. We already we did a sub-150 yesterday. We've had a couple of 150 miles already, so we're waiting for you, my friend. All right. Well, thanks a lot. It's great talking to you guys, and keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, Vic. Good luck to you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. That was the one and only Victor Kirby. Such a great guy. Happy to see that he's doing well. And I'll tell you what, Mike, you watching some of Hialeah's races, I mean, this is a horse that continues to get better and better each and every start, and that last start of – it seemed like there was a few anxious moments. He was in the pocket, and uh, I didn't know if the horse on top was going to hold and carry him. But I'll tell you, once this horse got room, I mean, uh, under just minimal urging, this horse strided out at will. So I think they've got a good one here. Um, a couple of uh, breaking news tips there, Mike, that we caught from Vic's conversation. Perhaps he will not be there at the Weiss final, which is very interesting. That's number one. And number two, it sounds like uh, Jenny Beer and Daryl Beer and Charles Dombeck and, and Vic Kirby and the gang are – they're going for the big dogs. Meadowlands Pace, uh, some of the other great races, they're going. Yeah, why not? Uh, this is a Justin Horowitz, uh, you know, Justin Horowitz uh, pick, so to speak, is what I'm going to call it. He has had this horse on his radar for a couple of weeks now, and he absolutely loves this horse to win the Meadowlands Pace. Uh, and, hey, wow. listen, picking a, picking a pace horse this early is almost like picking a derby horse in November. So, Absolute. you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> 
Well, I'll tell you what. Hey, well, let's let's hope Ionator stays in form and, and keeps on rocking and rolling. We're going to do our Round the Horn segment a little bit early, Mike. We've got our good friend Matt Rose in the on-deck circle. He's going to join us. We're going to take a look at the races from Yonkers. It is the fifth and final leg of the George Morton Levy and the Blue Chip Matchmaker, so we'll dissect all that action. Plus, at the top of the hour, we've got Jamie Martin, uh, the 17-year veteran director of racing at uh, Woodbine Entertainment. He is retiring, so we'll talk to Jamie about his career, plus Gabe Pruitt, uh, towards the end of that. So uh, stay locked and loaded. We've got plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter right now. It's time to bring our good friend Matthew Rose to once again help us dissect the upcoming action. Eddie Yonkers, Blue Chip Matchmaker, and George Morton Levy enter their final legs before the finals next weekend. Matthew, how are you, sir? <laughs> Very good. Uh, thanks for having me back, guys. All right. Now, you're, having, uh, you're being kind to Mike Carter in the Hannah contest, right? Nothing's changed from last week. Uh, no, not really. Uh, I'm still, still lingering last, except though, for the fact that I'm in last place. Yep. There, there's about 400 more legs to go, though. So uh, no, that's right. <laughs> plenty, plenty, plenty of time to make up some ground. That's right. It's not a, a listen. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So my man Mike Carter never does any good until the uh, the final couple of meters. But uh, 
Anyway, listen, uh, a blue chip matchmaker is coming up. It's the final leg. It's going to start with race six at Yonkers on Friday. And much to the chagrin of Mike Carter, there is no show wagering in this event. And I'm going to venture <laughs> it's probably because Bedroom Confessions is looking for her third straight. And she draws well, Matt. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. She took last week off after uh, two wins and, and, a, and losing by scan nose. Uh, comes back here in a short field, uh, draws well, and uh, undoubtedly will, will be controlling the action in this race. And uh, even with the presence of Makata Parr, who obviously is a, is a legit mayor, uh, I, I can't see going past Pedro's confessions in the spot. She should be able to control or get away with a soft pace and prevail at, you know, probably two to five or three to five or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I can't look past her in the spot. Now, Matt, did anybody kind of jump off the page at you from uh, last week go, coming into this week before we go into the next race? Uh, you, you look at the last week, one of the matchmaker races was like kind of like a crazy affair. A couple of horses were no good and clogged, and it was a wild scramble to the finish. The four Divas image came out of that race, uh, kind of lightly raced uh, mare and had a four-year-old and has some more to prove, but obviously she has ability. Uh, Joe Bongiorno kind of squeezed through horses, and, and, and she had plenty of pace at the end. So it wouldn't surprise me if she moved forward off that effort. But, uh, again, I can't look past bedroom confessions and mock it apart, just maybe too far to come. Um, unfortunately, uh, you got to take what they give you, and I think you got to chalk it up here. Now, Matt, in the next leg, race number seven, second division of blue chip matchmaker, it really seems kind of like it's Regal Electra's race to win or lose. Uh, she draws the rail this week, has won two of the three legs, and uh, obviously this is by far the easiest of the two um, the two legs. Uh, Medusa won an elimination, or she won a uh, blue chip matchmaker last week. Unfortunately, draws post six this week. How do you see this race setting up? Yeah, well, obviously the race the race goes through legal regal Electra. She's she's clearly the the horse to beat here, and will be a short price. Uh, I, I'm going to look elsewhere. I'm going to try to beat her. I think uh, the four. She's just at the light end. Ron Cushing driving. Uh, we saw how rock solid she's been. She was in her first three uh, matchmaker legs last week. She had the eight hole. Had absolutely no chance. They walked to the half. They went twenty eight one fifty seven and three. Medusa got away with it. A ridiculously slow pace. Uh, she had the eight hole. She she was out early trying to gain, had plenty of pace, and just you can't make up that much ground in such a, a quick last half. So I figure with a shorter field here, um, she won't she won't be the favorite. Uh, she'll probably be the second choice. I say with a small shorter field, she can grind, and uh, she might be close enough now to get there. So I will give I'll give uh, she's just a lad to chance to upset uh, upset the apple cart here. All right, just two uh, divisions in this final leg of the Blue Chip Matchmaker. Of course, the final next Friday. Matt, you got anybody that uh, you're eyeing for the final? Of the Matchmaker? Uh, Obviously, it it all comes down to the draw. I mean, it's still, you know what? It's still an open draw on a half-mile track. Uh, You could say, well, wow, Bedroom Confessions is the best, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, she draws the eight post, and it, it totally changes the dynamic of the race. I do think that uh, I do think that she is the horse to beat on paper. Uh, obviously, you have to see how the draw shakes out. Uh, you know, bar, barring any any poor efforts uh, tomorrow night, uh, I think she will be the horse to beat. 
Let's move along to the George Morton Levy Matt uh, Saturday night race number five. It starts to pick four. It's the first of three divisions in this fifth and final leg, and uh, some interesting uh, propositions here. I mean, you've got Nick Wicked that draws the inside, obviously has the speed off of a couple of straight seconds. The man, their vision last week, who uh, was able to get the job done. Of course, I not on the. Provocative Prince uh, from post three, Santa Fe Beach Boy Market so is the favorite, but is going to have to overcome the outside. Quite an interesting race, Matt. Uh, yeah, it, it is for for six horse field. It's a it's a, it's tough to eliminate anybody. Uh, we have the the McWicket obviously is much 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 better in his last two starts. Uh, he may well be the one to beat here, and you know he's trying. Probably needs a win maybe to get into the final. Uh, Caviar Luca has has strong speed from the rail. So you have two solid speed types inside. Uh, I'm going to go back to my old friend, Provocative Prince N. Um, we saw three in the second leg of the Levy. He got brutalized trying to brush and couldn't clear. Uh, ran a good second the week after, uh, but didn't, didn't really fire his best. Last week he had no chance, but kind of took it easy and still finished with pace. He might be much more revved up here. We know he can grind. He shouldn't be too far back from the spot. Price should be okay because, like I said, there's four or five different ways you can go here. Uh, so I'm going to go back to Provocative Prince. Figure you get a, probably get around his morning line, which is four to one, and I'll just take I'll take a chance that he's close enough and and can grind his way past some unproven speed types late. So that, that's who I'm going with, Provocative Prince. Listen, we didn't match again in that race. I went with McWicked. I think McWicked, who draws the inside, uh, hopefully will improve just a little bit. But, Matt, that's one of the uh, tougher divisions, if you ask me. Race 6 features uh, a very good group, including Bit of a Legend and Rock and Run. But one thing about a half-mile track is post-7 going to affect Missile J, and I think that's going to be the question on everybody's mind, is post-7 going to affect this horse. Uh, when he raced at Dover, now, mind you, that's a 5-H track back on March the 2nd uh, from post six uh was parked the the opening half and then finished third only missing a length and a half has yet to be on the outside at yonkers what do you think of this horse i think he's absolutely compromised by post seven here i can't we haven't seen him show any any uh, inkling of uh, ability to leave the gate fast over the half mile track and and i think as as strong as he is and obviously uh, he's perfect through three legs through his three legs of the series uh, took last week off. I, I don't see. <laughs> I, I can't see any scenario where he gets close enough here to, to be able to power by late. So I have to look elsewhere, and I'll, I will look all the way inside. A bit of a legend, who uh, we know his resume. He's done absolutely nothing wrong, and I think from this rail draw, uh, he, he he can't be any worse than the pocket here. Maybe he's in the pocket to Rock and Ron. Uh, I just think that uh, he's been sharp all season. Uh, Again, it was kind of a victim of circumstance last week when he couldn't, uh, a little bit too far to come, but still narrowed the margin late. Uh, he probably will be the favorite in the spot. I know he's 7-2 to morning line, but I just, I, not to take anything away from Missile J, but I, I don't see any scenario uh, where, where he can get involved or be close enough to, 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 to win with his uh, potent late punch. So, got to go inside here. Bit of a legend. That will certainly be interesting. One more, uh, Matt, then we'll get you out of here. We know you got some other dudes. Race number seven, it's that uh, final division of the George Morton Levy on Saturday night. And uh, here you got somewhere in L.A., Clear Vision, who uh, got in for me last time at 7-2. But now you've got Wakazashi Hanover from the pylons, from post one. I think that's going to be very, very interesting how this race is going to set up. 
yeah, I've been on I, I've been on somewhere in LA's bandwagon the entire series, and I, I I stuck with him last week, and I commented how he 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 has to work his way to the lead, and that way he bravens up and can hold on. Meanwhile, he didn't. He came first over, and he kept grinding and coming and coming, and he he was able to get the job done uncovered. Uh, I think from this spot, uh, Bartlett should should utilize that early move to the front and try to control the race here. You mentioned Wakazashi Hanover. You know what? Hasn't been bad, but really hasn't been that good through all four legs of the series. Uh, obviously, this this is a spot where if, if they want to accumulate enough points, they got to step it up here. Uh, and obviously, Tim Tietrich driving from the rail has a controlling has has many options uh, off the gate. I can't imagine him being too far back. Uh, clear vision was very game, but I don't know if he can blast off the gate. And he might be he might be the horse that's uncovered in this spot. Uh, I'll mention briefly all bets off who I really don't like from the spot, but we, we, we know he's a $2 million earner and he was, he was better last week uh, after stopping the week before, but uh, I have to assume Jason Bartlett can, can hustle the horse out, maybe uh, clear the lead over Waxashi Hanover and be able to relax on the front end and, and come back again. Uh, obviously another win or probably at least a second place finish guarantees in a spot in the final. And I, I got to figure he can be the controlling speed, so I'll stick with him again somewhere in L.A. Matt Rose, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, once again, you're going to be uh, dissecting these races further with Derek Gibner at DRF Harness. Am I correct? <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. All right. Well, you, you guys know, play you nice. And listen, every, that's right. Everybody, make sure you check that out. I know it's going to be on social media, and you can check that out at DRF Harness. Right, Matt? That is correct. That is correct. Uh, all right. Get to work, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Okay. All right, that's a good man, Matt Rose. And, uh, yeah, check that out because they got good stuff over at the RF Harness. Him and Darren give them to get together, and they're going to highlight the blue chip matchmaker and the George Morton Levy, and they'll give you some uh, helpful tips if you're spending a few bucks. But a lot more on this edition left. The post-time Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Jamie Martin will be joining us from Woodbine Entertainment. Plus, we've got Gabe Pruitt uh, coming up after that as well in our weekly Pompano segment. So don't touch that dial Plenty left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information... Visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Running a 
Races, Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th, and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, ronaces.com. The Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the racing rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday with a post time of 6.30 Sundays. Start time 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by Jamie Martin, the Executive Vice President of Woodbine Entertainment Group. Jamie, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Jamie, talk to us a little bit about your career. You've been at Woodbine now 17 years. Uh, just how did you get into the uh, racing business? Well, I uh, grew up uh, near a small town in Ontario, uh, Dresden. And uh, there's a track, racetrack there. Uh that races in the summers, um, uh, and uh, our family uh, was involved with the fair board there, and we were, and as a kid, I worked at the track doing all the kid jobs, um, uh, you know, running photo finishes and hanging photos, uh, um, hanging numbers on the infield board, things, kid jobs in the late 60s, early 70s, and uh, and I never actually figured that I would this would end up being a career path for me, but um, I was pretty involved in uh, uh, wagering and betting operations, uh, although it was much different then than it is today. Uh, but uh, and in 1990, I was uh, in London uh, with a real job, and then they ended up uh, needing some help at Western Fair Raceway, and I went there in 1990, and I was there for 10 years, and um, overseeing the uh, harness racing activities there and, and wagering, and then uh, came uh, to Toronto in uh, 2000. Jamie, Mike Bozich here. Obviously, you've seen a lot of great racing in Canada uh, over your, the span of your career. Is there any one that, uh, any one race or any one horse that in particular sticks out to you? Um, so I, I've been really, really fortunate because as a kid I grew up as a as a big fan of uh, harness racing and and the fact that I've been able to be in 
winner circles and get to know some of the leaders in the sport is it's just been a huge thrill um but there's i guess if i had to pick a couple of horses first of all when i first came here uh the first year uh, i was here gallo blue chip won the na cup and that was sort of his coming out party and he also won uh the canadian pacing derby the following year here and um I have a, I do have a preference for the uh, uh, the older horse races. So the Canadian Pacing Derby, the Maple Leaf Trot, are my two favorite races here. So, but certainly I'd have to, uh, you know. So I think about those races and the winners of those races. I think about horses like uh, Sand Pale, who won the Maple Leaf Trot three times, and um, Peaceful Way when she won the Maple Leaf Trot, and Mr. Muscle Man. And but I, I guess I'd have to certainly go back to uh, some beach somewhere. Who was, of course didn't race as a four-year-old but uh but was a champion here at two and of course a great champion at three and and uh of course uh trained locally here and uh raced here quite a bit so that was a, a huge thrill to get to know the connections get to see the horse all the time and gets to get him watched watch him to race and, and really successfully here at our two tracks now, Jamie, one thing that's interesting that you mentioned was Sand Pale and Some Beach Somewhere. I've talked to Ken Middleton numerous times, and he has said when he was calling their races, he could barely hear himself think. And those two horses are kind of like the Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and Always Be Mickey of the United States. The Canadians really support their horses and their horse racing industry, especially on the big nights. What do you think is the, uh, is the big reason for that? Yeah, that's um, – we are um, – it's – and, you know, I think um, us moving a lot of our big races to Mohawk has helped that. Um, because of the summer venue here, it's just a, it's more intimate. It's uh, it's uh, So I think it's easier for uh, people to, to get connected to the horses. Plus, you know, we have a very strong uh, standard bred racing community uh, here in Ontario. And, and they're very supportive of of their favorite horses. And even if you go to someone like uh, Admiral's Express, who of course races at age horse here for years and had a huge following and people loved that horse and, and would actually come out to see him race. And we don't have many horses like that anymore. Uh, it, uh, it's, I, I think it is just, um, I, part of it is, I think the venue and part of it is we just have a really passionate uh, uh, fan base of uh, standard bred enthusiasts up here. Visiting with uh, Jamie Martin, the Executive Vice President of uh, Woodbine Entertainment. Jamie, obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs in the sport of harness racing, not only in Canada, but here in the United States with the advent of slots. And initially it's been a big boon, but, uh, you know, there have been some rocky roads sometimes um, as far as uh, government agencies, especially here in the States, always kind of eyeing that particular piece of the pie, maybe saying to themselves, well, we can put this money to better use than horse racing. And in a couple of years, a couple of years ago, um, you guys went through a little bit of a reorganization um, in Canadian racing. Can you take us through that period and, and uh, kind of, you know, from your vantage point, how that was shaken out? Sure, uh, of course it was. Uh, the Slots and Racetracks program was brought in by the government in, uh, I think it started in 1999 here. Um, Mohawk got the machines in 1999 and 2000 at Woodbine, and, uh, um, and it continued through till 2012 when uh, they announced the cancellation, and, and it was actually uh, canceled in 2013, although slot machines are still operating at most racetracks in Ontario today, as they were back then. Uh, I think one of the things is, I mean, I was at Western Fair at the time when we installed the machines, and um, 
they significantly exceeded the expectations as far as revenue but by everybody, um, not only us, but government. And uh, I think we had a, a really a good plan that everyone supported, government supported. Uh, but as because of, uh, you know, the agreements probably could have been done differently such that there were some revenue uh, caps, if you will, or some, some sort of controls on it to, to help, uh, uh, just to help moderate, the upside, because as it turned out, the upside was huge and, and racing benefited greatly. Um, and we expanded race days and we expanded purses quite a bit and race opportunities up here. Uh, but you're right, um, government seen it as, uh, you know, their governments are struggling for funding everywhere. And um, they seen this as, as perhaps uh, uh, too much. Um, and they took the approach to cancel the program as opposed to have conversations with a about about uh, revision, which would have been more helpful. It ended up getting to that point where they announced the cancellation. They realized that the slot machines were probably going to stay at the racetracks, and so there need to be a different arrangement. And and so we uh, not as good as uh, so the arrangement we have today is not as good as what it was for sure. Um, but it's it's better than eight zero. So uh, we've we've come to a, a place where. Uh, where we have some stability, which which began in 2013. We have, as a matter of fact, at our, at our racing circuit, we're 222 days a year. It's actually a little bit more than we were in uh, 2012. But uh, but the race days and the race opportunities and the purses at the uh, the B level and C level tracks is quite a bit less than it was, um, because most the majority of the purses were funded from the slot revenues. So that's been the big adjustment. But you know we're uh, we formed a group of Tracks up here got together. We call it our Standard Bread Alliance, and uh, we're uh, uh, working with them uh, instead of competing with each other. And we're uh, and right now, of course, that we're racing, uh, be racing at Flamborough and Western Fair, and they're really important tracks up here. And between the two tracks, they're racing seven days a week, and the carts are filling. So, uh, although we've lost a lot of horses, and we lost a lot of horse people through the uh, rationalization of the business up here. Um, there's still enough. There's there's quite a there's quite a large group that are still wanting wanting to participate and uh so we're our race cards are filling okay and uh and we've adjusted but i i do believe that um so we have stability today but it will improve um government is in the process of auctioning off the gaming operations at the racetracks cuz in the past it's been operated by the government and and as those come to pass and it's just starting now um I think that'll be opportunities for racetracks um, to grow revenues, which ultimately should improve uh, purse structures uh, and race opportunities up here in the province. Now, Jamie, uh, one last question for me. Um, there's been talk kind of maybe shifting the harness states over to Mohawk uh, on a more, more full-time basis. Is that uh, a possible scenario for Woodbine, or are we going to be able to see racing at Woodbine and Mohawk for the next several years? So it's um, it's certainly something I think we need to move towards. Uh, I've been uh, an advocate for the for uh, moving harness racing permanently to Mohawk. Um, it uh, all the you know we haven't made the final decision yet, and we certainly will be going back to Woodbine. Um, uh, of course, this is opening night uh, tonight at Mohawk, but we will be going back to Woodbine uh, this coming winter uh, for certain. Uh, 
So, but we, I hope that we will be able to make a final decision on that matter in the next, uh, in the coming months. But I, I do believe, um, you know, there was a time that, because um, Mohawk is about a half hour west of Toronto, and of course Woodbine is right near the airport in, in, in the north part of Toronto. Uh, there was a time it was really, really important to have racing in the city. Um, with technology changes, that's less important. And in fact, most of our, our, which pretty much just the cold weather racing we we have at Woodbine now, it uh, it's not it's not we don't run too many of our better uh, quality uh, stake races at Woodbine anymore. They're all here at Mohawk for a reason because I think our our racing fans um, prefer to come to Mohawk to enjoy those races. So and the wagering since it's mostly off-site now for either track is. is doesn't really affect uh, uh, the wagering is going to be pretty strong no matter what track we're racing at. So I do think it's um, it's the right move for uh, for Standard Brady. As you know, we don't stable uh, at either of our two tracks anymore, but we most of the horsemen are stable near Mohawk. So shipping horses into Toronto is getting more and more difficult all the time. The traffic in Toronto is terrible, and uh, like any major city, and uh, and for for the amount of people we get out to the races in the winter time, uh, when most people are consuming our product uh, online or at OTBs or wherever, um, it 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 just it, it, I think it's time for us to really think about that. But we haven't made final decisions, but uh, I hope to in the next uh, few months. Jamie, what's uh, on a personal level? What's ahead for uh, Jamie Martin? What uh, what do you, how are you going to enjoy your retirement? Well, I'm uh, I'm here till December. So uh, I uh, for me it was um, uh, I love uh, the, the standard bread business. Um, I'm also involved in the thoroughbreds, I should say. But I I really do uh, have a uh, and I'd like to stay involved somehow. But I would like to um, uh, do it without having to drive to Toronto every day, and I live a bit of a distance from Toronto. So there's commuting. There's some personal reasons why I I'd, I'd like to. Uh, pull back from uh, the Woodbine Mohawk circuit, but I, I, um, you know, so I'm here for the rest of the year to give them a, an opportunity to plan um, on uh, uh, succession. But uh, I think I hope in the, in the future years I can contribute in some way because uh, I love, I love harness racing and I, I love to go to the tracks and, uh, and I, I'm going to continue to do that for sure. But I, I hope I can, I can also make a contribution as well. Well, Jamie, we appreciate you joining us here on this program. Best of luck to you in your retirement moving forward. And, uh, hey, we appreciate your service, my friend. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. That was uh, Jamie Martin, the executive vice president of Woodbine and Mohawk. Uh, sticking around till December. Mike, very interesting uh, what you mentioned. And I know this has kind of been making its rounds about racing sw- uh, harness racing switching to Mohawk at a more uh, permanent basis. But, uh, nonetheless, some very interesting comments from uh, from Jamie. Yeah, definitely some interesting comments, and uh, we we were kind of talking off the air. You know, who says we don't ask the tough question? That was a tough question to ask because I had it written down. And for those of you who don't, you know, who don't listen to the show on a regular basis, you know, sometimes we have questions written down that you know we're looking at it going, man, we, I probably shouldn't ask this. But this is one of those things that you know it's been kind of going around, and we've got somebody who has direct knowledge of what's going on inside of uh, Woodbine Entertainment Group. So. Might as well, uh, you know, chuck it up and ask and uh, see what kind of answer we get. And uh, I'll tell you what, he was uh, pretty honest with us when it came to that. 
Absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I mean, obviously a great product uh, year in and year out, a good gambling product up there, Woodbine and Mohawk. And it's good to see the Canadian tracks get their footing. Cause I'll tell you a couple of years ago it was not looking good, Mike. I mean, you know, I know there was a lot of nervousness going on up North of the border when uh, they were restructuring and talking about, uh, you know, harness racing standing on its own two feet, but they were able to work it out. And, and that was certainly good to see. Well, speaking of working it out, there he is the old, 859 area code. You know what that means, Mike Carter. We've got our man Gabe Pruitt in the on-deck circle. He is standing by. He's taking a couple of practice swings. And after this timeout, you're going to hear the voice of uh, Gabe Pruitt, the director of racetrack operations and the fine track announcer of Harness Racing's Winter Capital. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Join Pacing for the Cure at the Meadowlands Racetrack for their first ever walk and run on the Mile Racetrack to support multiple sclerosis survivors. The walk and run is a $20 donation to Pacing for the Cure. Dinner at Pink for the night's races is $75. The walk run is from 3 to 5 p.m. Horse Racing 101 class at 5.15 p.m. Pink Restaurant opens at 6.30 p.m. And racing begins at 7.15 p.m. Head to PacingForTheCure.org for tickets or contact Jeff at PacingForTheCure.com. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. The action is always hot at Hardest Racing's Winter Capital Pompano Park. With guaranteed pools, constant carryovers, and industry load takeouts, Pompano Park has become one of Harness Racing's greatest horseplayer attractions. Live racing five nights per week, Sunday through Wednesday and Saturday, too, for the most time of 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Wager now at Harness Racing's winter capital, Pompano Park. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America, and the wait is over. Here he is, our man Gabe Pruitt, joining us uh, live at 11:20 a.m. Eastern Time. It's the voice of Pompano Park. Gabe, how are you, sir? 
You know, I'm doing well, Mike. I appreciate you guys putting me on a little later this morning as I was kind of late till watching uh, the Cubs get shut out last night uh, by my doctors. Oh, oh, God. You know, yeah, you were, you were breaking up there. You got cut off there for a minute. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. Uh, listen, um, okay, so we're going to, before we get you, before we let Mike Carter loose on you, we're going to talk a little bit about these Bet America contests because I've been playing these Bet America contests like crazy. These things are the greatest thing in the world. And Mike Carter, they are starting to add some Northfield Park uh, contests. They had a couple hey. of tournaments yesterday and the day before. And actually, I'd, I, I didn't get in them because I had some other responsibilities, but I am feverishly, <laughs> feverishly trying to use my pull at Bet America, calling my connections at Bet America, trying to get a pros versus Joe's matchup, to try to get a $5 double up with the world against Mike Carter because that worked out so great really? for me at Pompadour Park. Are, are you going to do it? If we can get it together to go against Mike Carter, because I'll tell you what, I'm missing the $5 a week. You know, five extra bucks a week. You put that aside, you win it every week. <laughs> It could build up for a year, and you know, hey, we're announcers. I mean, after a year or so, you can get a nice pair of binoculars with that five bucks. You know, if you get that done, make sure and give me a, as good of a heads up as you can. I'll be notifying all my friends and family, and uh, <laughs> and we'll be trying to uh, dive in there just as deep as we can. Because what a uh, what better spot could you possibly ask for? Holy, oh, I'm telling you man. right now, that's an instant an instant double up. So we'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, let, all right, guys, let, you hey, guys hey, can hey, go game. at it. I, I'm I'm done. Hey, hey, Gabe! Listen, all your all all the Dodger fans are going to be uh, doing this tonight, okay? That's all I'm saying, okay? Believe me, there was not there was not much of that music being played around Chicago last night. I can promise you that. Well, I, I do have to tell. While we're talking about handicap in Northfield Park, we're getting to Pompano here in a second. Listen, there was a horse last night. I did Air's tip sheet for him, uh, which was a big wound up being a big mistake <laughs> on Wednesday. But Gabe, there was a horse that came from one of the training centers in Florida. It was a trotter by Muscle Hill. Okay, his mother had went zero and five as a as a uh, horse, and had never gone faster than two o five in a qualifier at a at a at a farm down there. Went twenty eight and two in the final quarter, one fifty seven and three. I went, oh my gosh, this horse is going to be phenomenal here. The horse goes off at one to nine and makes a break going around the first turn. So oh, that maybe count first me time putting, on a half even. Yeah, right. If that doesn't count me putting a hex on a horse, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what is. And by I'm the way, you up the track as well, so don't worry. <laughs> Not to interrupt you, but we've got uh, here today at Harris Philly, we're getting ready to start in about an hour. But, Gabe, we've got a couple of horses. Joe Pavia Jr. is bringing some horses in from Pompano Park that will be racing to, uh, today at Harris, Philadelphia. Uh, maybe you want to get your quick impression on them. Maybe I know you see a lot of horses during the course of a day. But uh, in the second race, the three and four year Philly Mare, we've got Dr. Jay's Kiss who uh, stopped racing at the end of January, double qualified at Pompano, 57 and 3 and 56 of Walter Ross in the bike. And in the third race, we've got a horse by the name of Princess Crown. Both of these horses, Gabe and Mike, will be uh, first-time Dave Miller. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Pompano Park horses make their adjustments up north. Gabe, you got any insight on that? Any opinion? Well, I do know both horses. Uh, Dr. Jay's Kiss, uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, was, a, was a bit of a lightly raced uh, younger horse, and uh, the qualifiers were good. Actually, a couple of horses came out of those qualifiers and did very well, so that, uh, made, uh, that may make me add a little extra stock uh, to, to that filly. 
And uh, Princess Crown's actually been uh, around here for for many seasons in South Florida. She's got the uh, tactical speed. I'm really not sure what type of form she's in because I don't believe she raced uh, too much with us this season. But um, she is uh, a solid trotting mare. Now, Gabe, let's uh, revert back to Sunday for just a little bit. Rock and Touch uh, pulled off a uh, pretty nice upset in the Open 1 handicap uh, from post number 6. Went off at pretty good odds, considering it was a handicap and post 5 through 8 were drawn. But Gabe, Rock and Touch had to come first up and drew off to win easily over Arsenal. Well, Mickey McNichol is not the friend of our pick six players here on uh, Sunday night, guys, because through the first three legs, we hadn't had anyone win uh, over the odds of – I believe five to two. It was a very formful uh, start for the first half of the pick six. And then uh, Mickey actually pulled off a 29 to one upset with good luck. And that sent the pick six pull down to just uh, $3 in live tickets. We had a uh, decent pool that night. Um, so he essentially knocked everyone out uh, there from, from three favorites in the front end. And then Rock and Touch finished off everyone else that was still alive because you said it. He, that was the very next race. He was six to one. And it was a very handsome price uh, for a horse that was coming off a winning effort to uh, rock, for that matter. And, again, he was assigned as part of the outside horses there, but uh, got a really nice trip, came second over, just uh, pounced on his competition late and grew clear to an easy win. Interesting to note uh, this coming week, guys, uh, Mickey's got Mac Eddie Blueship, his other open pacer that's in the open pace uh, this Sunday night. We are racing uh, Easter night, so um, – that should be interesting. That's that's a very fast horse as well. So he's got a couple at the top of the class down here right now. Now, Gabe, let's talk about the open trot. So handsome, put in a big effort, 154 and one, set a pocket trip, and then drew off to win easily by four and a quarter lengths. Last start in South Florida, that uh, for so handsome, he's headed to uh, Hoosier Park uh, with trainer Rick Plato. But uh, a very talented trotter. Now, he doesn't have the class as a lot of the open trotters uh, we've seen down here. He's only made um, $50,000, $60,000 lifetime, so it's sort of just beginning to find his footing. He's just a four-year-old. But, uh, yes, just an impressive effort, a romp of uh, 54 and change. I think that horse will do very well at Hoosier Park because he's a horse that um, can make breaks from time to time, typically seems to trot a lot better than the straightaways, and he does around the turns. So I'm thinking that uh, when he gets on that uh, long stretch there at Hoosier Park, that uh, that horse is going to do some damage up there. This uh, Interesting to note, that, that was on uh, Monday night, uh, Mike. And uh, Monday night, uh, we had some magnificent payouts. Uh, of course, we had a big pick six carryover heading into Monday night. Uh, ultimately, there ended up being three tickets out of that for 6700 and change a ticket. And so handsome, who you said uh, he was three to two favorite. He paid five bucks. The horse that won the first race that night, paid $3 even. The horse that won the third race paid $3 even. So it looked like we were staring at a very short pick five payout, but after a nine to one upsetter in the fourth race, uh, and then just a five to two in the fifth pick five, still 1200 and change for 50 cents. So uh, really a very nice uh, payout as part of us. So handsome's win on Monday. All right, Gabe, you want to give us an update as to the, uh, as to the state of your racing schedule. I know it's uh, constantly changing uh, over the next couple of weeks, and uh, we want to make sure we keep everybody updated. Well, I've gotten some interesting updates from you here on the past on the show. So I, do you want to update everyone? No, I'm just messing with you. We are <laughs> on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday nights through April. So again, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday nights through April. We are going to race two nights uh, in May. Uh, and actually, I may flip-flop that schedule up uh, slightly. We're 100% going to continue on Sunday nights. And then uh, really the other nights uh, unknown at this point, uh, we're still getting some state approvals worked out. So, again, three nights through April, for sure, Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays. 
We'll race all the way through May, Sunday, one other night of the week. And uh, before I go, guys, a really tricky situation that we're going to be talking about potentially over the next couple of weeks because I'm looking to do a mandatory payout for a Jackpot I-5. Jackpot I-5 carryover right now is uh, roughly $74,000. But we had an interesting situation come down on Monday night in the uh, nightcap. We had a 20-to-1 upsetter win the race, and we had the two favorites finish second and third. And uh, eight or ten to ones, uh, fourth and fifth, are rounded out. No winning tickets were out with uh, nearly $10,000 wagered in that uh, pool. So we could even with the two favorites, second and third, no winning tickets. If there had have been a ticket on Monday, it would have been worth over $70,000 for 20 cents. So uh, rare opportunity uh, for someone to have uh, taken it down there that was, that was completely missed. But if this thing does continue to survive over the next couple of weeks, probably around the end of this month, be uh, looking for that. We're looking to do uh, a mandatory payout in our jackpot high five. Now, listen, you know, with a 20-cent minimum, you would think that somebody could potentially have that 20-to-1 horse on top, especially, you know, and me and you know enough chalk beaters out there, not chalk players, chalk beaters, to know that, you know, they like to put the chalk second, sometimes third. It's kind of interesting that there was no winning ticket. Yeah, it's really phenomenal. In fact, uh, when they crossed the uh, finish, my first thought was, you know, maybe there are two, three tickets out of this because it wasn't, uh, believe me, overly extremely difficult. The horse that won it that even was a long shot had a lot of early speed. Kevin Wallace was driving. Not that he was easy to come up with, but he certainly wasn't impossible. Uh, and then again, the two favorites finishing second and third. So uh, it was very strange to see, especially with a decent amount of the pool, though, like, like I say, nearly $10,000 for no winning tickets. So by rule, that entire net pool gets added to the carryover, and that's uh, what the surge is uh, well north of 70000 That again, multiple tickets were out on uh, Tuesday night. So about 74000 heading forward. And again, we're going to watch that play out over the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, typically, it gets hit here every couple, two or three weeks. So uh, it would not shock me whatsoever to see the wager come down, and uh, hopefully someone will get out, uh, get lucky out there and strike uh, through the entire mound. But if not, Again, near the end of the month, while we still have a, a sizable enough horse population here to uh, make a full and competitive race, I think we're going to look at uh, doing a mandatory payout. All right, Gabe. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming on. And uh, listen, hopefully we'll get a couple hundred thousand or maybe a million dollars in new money. Yeah, that would, that's going to be fun. We'll probably uh, tee that up uh, on a Sunday night. So uh, we'll let everyone uh, send it in and see where we land. All right, Gabe, we'll see you next week. Uh, again, this has become one of our favorite segments. And listen, as we get through the month, of, finish the month of April and uh, go through the month of May, uh, maybe, we'll have to, uh, maybe we'll have to talk about a partnership for next year. We appreciate it, buddy. Absolutely, guys. Always enjoy it. Uh, thanks for having me on. And, uh, again, Bozich, my condolences uh, for your offense uh, that uh, was dead last night in Chicago. <laughs> All right, Gabe, we certainly appreciate it, buddy. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt, the track announcer, director of racing operations at Pompado Park. We're going to take a short time out. When we come back, uh, we've got some breaking news to report. Um, we'll be back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 Equine Census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. 
and our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Downs at Mohican Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the racing rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday for the first time of 6.30 Sundays. Start time 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. A great finish in the base! Stonebridge Terror and won the West! Legends will be born. Third time the charm for Foiled again, and he's finally a Molson Pace champion. Foiled again, clear vision, three across to the wire, foiled again, foiled again appears to have done it. History will be made. Deep stretch lead for state treasurer, state treasurer's going to win it, foiled again, a penis out of a state treasurer. History in the Molson pace. Or none of the above. Evening of pleasure in Sylvan at 35 to 1 in a Molson Pace shocker. That just happened. Catch the Molson Pace live on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com Friday, May 26th, or on demand on the Bet America Radio Network. Time to show them if you got them. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And before we go off the air, we have some uh, sad but breaking news to report um, to you. Uh, last evening, Roger Houston made a comment on his Facebook page about a friend and colleague who has had some serious health issues, is, was dealing with a heart problem. Uh, we now know that that gentleman is legendary announcer Larry Letterman. Um, I'm just going to read Roger's post uh, word for word. For those that don't know Larry, he started out as a stand-up comic who became one of my favorite announcers at a number of tracks. A few years ago, he was found to have a brain tumor, which they could not operate. He has been on meds since with tests every three months to check its size, and thankfully, it has not gotten any bigger. The tumor in the meds have drained him to the point he is easily exhausted and bothered by extreme heat. He is able to call a few races a few, excuse me, he's able to call races a few times a month. Monday, he had a heart attack and fell flat on his face, breaking his nose. He was rushed to the hospital and re- revived with electronic pa- electric paddles. Yesterday, they placed a defibrillator in his body to help control blood flow to the heart. I talked to him this morning, and he reports that he is hopeful of going home in the next couple of days. By the time the conversation was over, Larry had me laughing as only he can do. 
Larry, my thoughts and prayers are with you and your daughter. One thing I am sure of is that you are much better looking with a broken nose. So Roger Houston uh, giving an update on Larry Letterman again. For those of you just uh, joining the show, uh, Larry Letterman uh, suffered a heart attack on Monday and did break his nose, but it appears that he is going to make a full recovery. Don't forget about our show next week here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We go on the air at 1030. We'll be back next Thursday with the first post of 1030. Good night, everybody. Stay here I know